0: And welcome to The Mark Podcast. I am Elizabeth Hyndman, and I am here with my co-host, Kelly King. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Elizabeth. Yeah, it's good to be in the studio and recording, and we've got a really fun guest today. I know. I'm super excited for y'all to get to know Missy Branch. Missy, um, why don't you tell us about yourself and your family and the work and the ministry that you do?
2: Absolutely. It's so good to be here. Um, I work at Southeastern Theological Seminary in Wake Forest, North Carolina, and my husband actually does too. He's studying his PhD and teaches here. Um, I'm a student here as well, working to finish my master's degree. We have four kids, and two of them are graduating from the college here this May, which is so crazy to me. I can't believe it. Uh, Time flies when you're having fun. Um, And my job here, I'm Assistant Dean of Students to Women and the Director of Graduate Life, and in that I really have the opportunity to speak into discipleship for women, uh, discipleship for our grad students, and even for families, being the Director of Graduate Life. It has been an incredible opportunity. This is really my dream job. Yeah. How long have you been there, Missy? How long have you been doing this? This is year four at the seminary, but I've had three jobs (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah that's like women have a lot of jobs and you wear a lot of hats and so let's talk about that for a minute because I guarantee you that we have listeners who are saying man I just wish I had one job but no I'm a mom I'm a wife (laughs) I'm working here and I'm doing a side job and all this kind of thing so how do how do you do it how do we how could you encourage women who feel like they're just wearing a lot of hats these days
2: Oh my goodness. I wish I could say that I've been doing it right all along, but it, it took a while to learn it. And I always say wise people learn from other people's mistakes. So here's your opportunity ladies to be wise and learn from me. Um, I would say first is to remember to prioritize, to really honor the commitments that we've made first, which is we've chosen to be someone's wife. So do that well. If you if you are someone's wife, I am. If you are someone's mom, honor that. If you are um, If you've made a commitment to be in certain relationships where you're discipling people or you're committed to your local church, honor those commitments because I think that often we can get caught up in the rut of trying to achieve when we really are forgetting the things that really help us draw us closer to Jesus. So prioritize what you really have to do, and then it's okay to say no. I think I have spent a lot of time saying yes to everything as I'm trying to build a career or accept opportunities or get your name out there or whatever, and then I found that a lot of them have actually taken away from what it is God has actually called me to do, and so it's okay to say no and to prioritize your commitments.
1: Yeah, I, I've, I've heard somebody say one time that women um, can have it all, they just can't have it all at one time. Yeah. And I think that's I think such a huge. great way to put like And and I see that in my own life, like there's little like little steps, like oh, I can do that now. Or even for me going back to seminary was when my kids were a little bit older, you know. So
0: um, Mm -hmm. those are things that we all do have to make priorities. Yeah, definitely. And I know I've heard it said many times, and kind of what you were saying with you, you need to say no sometimes is like every Mm -hmm. yes is a no to something else. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of people forget that, um, especially women, when we look at like an Instagram feed or somebody, and we're just like man, she is doing all these things. And it's like, what is she saying no to in order to be able to do those things? And so that's very helpful, definitely. One of the things that you do, one of your hats (laughs) is that you walk Mm -hmm. side by side with younger women on campus who feel called to maybe like a vocational ministry or just serving in their church in specific ways. So what are some of the rewards and then challenges that come from investing in these younger women? Well,
2: I think I would start with the challenges. It is sad sometimes, but sad often, to sit in the room in my office with women who are crying or who are anxious or who are afraid that they're getting theologically educated and they'll have no space to go and use that education to actually either you know, be paid to do it or to be taken seriously doing it. And um, often it's heartbreaking because, you know, a lot of women will come get a theological degree and have a side hustle preparing for that side hustle to be how they survive, as opposed to them being able to walk through the doors of a church or wherever with a job. But one of the rewards is that some of the same women who have sit in my office crying about they don't know what they're going to do, I have watched God do just what he always does. He comes in and blows our minds, and they do get Jobs, their dream job, or they do have the opportunity, even if it's bivocational, to uh, work in a ministry, even with their side hustle. But they do feel like someone has seen them, someone honors the fact that they have been trained theologically,
1: and now they're running in their calling. So, it's been both. Yeah, you know, let's. You know, I, I was just thinking, Missy, because what you said, I actually wrote that down as kind of a, a need that sometimes I think. These women are going to, they feel called to ministry and they're just not really sure, like, what, how to walk into that. So, what mm-hmm. are some things that you do to encourage them? And I, I, I mean, I'm sure that the guys go through that, but the mm-hmm. opportunities may be a little bit broader and there may be, maybe even more opportunities sometimes for them. So, how do you kind of navigate that? One of the
2: things, and I'll be honest, I'm almost always just pointing to the Bible. these <laughs> One of the things I just tell them is that the reality of trust is, is that you don't necessarily have the answers, but our Savior does. And that if he called you and he's equipping you, then he's not doing it to waste your time. That he has a plan for you to walk these things out. And so often we're so caught up in the anxiety of I don't know where our work specifically that we forget that god has endless opportunities for us to serve him and we've seen it we've seen people who thought that there was literally nothing they were going to do leave this place take this one job and then that one job led them to the thing that they want to do forever and so i just keep challenging women to really What you are learning in your classroom should be transforming you and that means you should be looking more like Jesus and that's believing what he says. But he has never seen a righteous forsaken or to see begging bread. He's got us. You know what I'm saying? And so I really just challenge women to to trust Jesus with the process.
1: I've heard Jen Wilkin even explain this in one of her books about like how we kind of get caught into this, you know, what is God's will for my life? And she's just like, Mm -hmm. God's will is for you to become more like him and to be sanctified. Right. In that process right. and so um what great advice for
0: them so we know that you mentor young women um mm-hmm. so let us talk about some of your mentors who has mentored mm-hmm. you in the past and what are some practical tips that you have for people who are either looking to be mentors or looking to be mentored by others
2: one of the things i would say is you need to be intentional in both ways. I think that one of the misconceptions we have is that women should run around looking for women to mentor them. Honestly, I think those of us, particularly who have certain amount of years with Christ under our belt, should be looking for women to mentor. Um, I think that's even what the Bible models. But I know that there are women who have said to me, um, Missy, I see this. I think that this would be great for you. I know that there are women who I was just introduced to, and they just decided they were mentoring me, and I was so happy that they did. <laughs> um, I'll be honest. My mom, she has my mom and her sisters have played a huge role. Um, my aunts have played a huge role in who I am, and there are specific women. There's a woman now named Alisa who I really meet with. Who she really just gives me a lot of practical guidelines. I mean, a lot of practical information just about my life not about my career or where I want to be, but just about me and Jesus. And I watched that spill over. And similar to what you said Jen was saying, I'm a firm believer that godly women make excellent everything. So when you're mentoring, if you're really mentoring women to know Jesus better, to be transformed by him, to be intimately connected with him, that's when all of the real change is going to be um, seen. I think that's where the benefit comes from. So I would challenge Older women, or women who have walked with Jesus longer, or who have anything to offer, to really be seeking out people they can mentor, and there are a ton of books, endless books, that you can walk through that can teach you how to mentor. Um, yeah, so we're not we're not lost for resource on that.
1: Why do you, Why do you think some older women like hesitate? Like I, sometimes I have women who say, I just don't think I have anything to offer. So how would you encourage them? Or they're just not even sure how they would approach a younger woman in mm-hmm. that relationship.
2: Mm-hmm. I think because we're in an information age, we, um, we seem to honor information. You know, you can Google this and Google that and look this up and look that up and have the information like that. And because we honor information, we have put less esteem on experience. And I think we forget that experience Trump's information (laughs) in so many ways. And so women who have a lot of life experience may not necessarily have the information, so they feel inferior. I think that if we really need to do a good job of helping people see the value of people who have walked with Jesus for a long time or who have even done a bad job at it, but now they know and they want to share what they've learned. Um, So I for older women, I think that they're intimidated by how much information women have access, people have access to now. You know what I'm saying? We mm-hmm. were reading, a, they were reading a book or two a month. People are blowing through books, audio books. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And it's I feel like I would offer you, you've read three or four times what I know. But I, I think we need to continue to challenge, old, particularly older women. Your experience
0: cannot be taught in a book.
1: So good, I, Yeah.
0: And I think that's something that is just very practical, and I've heard this said about people wanting to be mentored, but I think the reverse is also true, is instead of being like approaching someone and saying, I want to be your mentor or I would like for you to be my mentor, um, it may be easier or... Uh, I guess just more appealing if instead you're just like, hey, would you mind coming to coffee with me this one time and let's yeah. like look at this Bible study together or let's do like read a book together or mm-hmm. something like that? Or even just, I think what a lot of people of the younger generations are looking for is not so much the knowledge because, like you said, I mean, you can read that anywhere, but it is just right. the like, how do you actually do life? Like, how do you. Um, have a home, and how do you have kid? Like, what do you do with your kids at night, and how do you do bedtimes, and how do you do this? And so, it is the more like practical stuff. Or if you're single, like, just how do you find satisfaction in being single, and how do you, um, like, I just I feel like there's so many things that are just like I just want to watch you do something. Like, live your regular life, because we just don't necessarily—like, we see our parents do it, but we don't necessarily see anyone else do these, like, intimate moments of just walking with the Lord. And um, and what that looks like in our everyday lives, and in work, and in play, and in just, like, keeping the household. So I think that That's is great. something— that we also need to keep in mind is when we are talking about mentoring, it can be a lifetime commitment, but let's not make it that on the first, (laughs) on the first time, time. just be like, can I just come over for dinner? Or like, can I take you to dinner or something like that? Or let's go get coffee. Um, I think just kind of keeping it there at first and then um, just kind of seeing how it goes would be a better, an easier way to like ease yourself into it.
1: And I love what you said, Missy, about, you know, like we, we are kind of in this age where it's like we want information and technology has made it so easy that it's easy to talk to people over technology. Mm -hmm, So texting someone or an email or whatever, um, or just a chat or... But sometimes we... And and I think the pandemic definitely has kind of affected the way that we've been isolated and we've seen this increase in loneliness. And just that, that interaction, even like there's times that we just need to pick up the phone right and just call somebody Mm -hmm. and have a conversation
2: and you know i think what you said was with pulling people into your home the best mentoring relationships i've ever been in we were holding socks together Mm -hmm. or you know what i'm saying making dinner or it was not a formal dramatic thing we didn't necessarily walk through a particular book but yet we really talked through issues in each other's lives and either as the mentor, I was just conscious of, how are you really surrendering these areas to the Lord? Or as a mentee, how am I being completely transparent so that I can really take advantage of your time, take advantage of the fact that I am able to have you one-on-one?
0: Yeah, and I was actually just reading a Twitter thread this morning. Unfortunately, I can't remember who was tweeting (laughs) it, so we may put that in our show notes if we can find it. But um, she was talking about single women specifically, and and talking or not just women but single people and she was talking about how a lot of times married couples or especially couples with kids don't think about they think that their home is too messy or too chaotic or too you know like the kids need disciplining and that's weird or whatever and how um they so they don't feel like they can invite a single person into their home but how even The chaos is appealing to someone that never has that in their life. And so just thinking through that in terms of mentoring, I also think like the things that we think are just normal every day or maybe even like somewhat frustrating to us or just kind of like chaotic that you're just like, there's no way that somebody would want to see how I do this kind of thing. But it is just so practical to have somebody come in and be like, this is actually a gift to someone who's never seen this before. And so it's a gift to single people to be like invited into your home at bedtime as crazy as that might be (laughs) because they don't experience that um, if they're single without kids. And so it's just kind of like, here's how this is, this is what life looks like. And it is a way I think of discipling and mentoring, even though it doesn't feel like it in the moment. And like you said, like just doing folding socks or whatever, um, mm-hmm. may not feel like a, a fun activity to like, Hey, come fold socks with me. But for someone that just wants to see how life is done, that can be a very nourishing experience and something that they can like, you know, they'll fold socks with you while you Talk about your day and just show how God is faithful in your life um, in the everyday moments. And I think that's so much of what we see um, in Scripture and then, you know, throughout church history is like that's what it looks like to to disciple someone is to walk with them and show them the way as you're walking in the way.
2: And I do just to add one more thing to that is I think removing the barriers of how different we are in relationship and focusing on the ways that we're same, um, a married woman and a single woman can struggle with a, a ton of all of the same things. Yes, we can both be lonely. We can both be insecure. We can both be discontent. We can both be lack satisfaction. And I think that when you begin to help people, when you begin to approach people not based on their marital status or how long they've been saved, but just like, listen, we're sisters and you have struggles and I have struggles. And I hope that some of the things that I've overcome can be a blessing to you. Beginning to remove those barriers will also help people understand that I'm not inviting you in because you're single or because you're married. I'm inviting you in because I see the spirit of the Lord at work in you and I would love to invest in
1: that. I love that. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about just challenges that maybe um, women, especially maybe working in ministry or maybe a parachurch organization. um, Can you think of maybe a time where you had a specific challenge that you experienced and maybe you were able to just learn and grow through that?
2: Yes. Yes. You know, I'm going to be honest. I love my job and I have not had too many. uh, Most of the traumatic things that have happened have been, extra outside of it. But I do think if there was one season, it would probably be when I believed that I should have had a different um, title or a different pay or different responsibilities, more responsibilities. And I remember... The moment I began really feeling that way, I had to make a decision um, whether I was going to go say something like, I feel like this is unfair or unjust, or whether I was going to just eat it, like ignore it and deal with where I was. And to be honest, the choice I made really was to take it to the Lord. And I remember I said, I'm not going to say, I feel like this is unjust. I feel like this is not fair and I'm gonna not say anything to anyone. I'm not gonna say how I feel about it to my husband, to my coworkers, to anyone. I'm gonna take it just to you, Jesus. And I remember I prayed and prayed about it. And probably three months later, um, my bosses pulled me into the office and had made some organizational change. And they said the very things to me that I had been praying to the Lord. And that was such an encouragement to me that the Lord is really who we need to be taking this stuff to, Mm -hmm. right? And that does not say don't speak up for yourself. That does not mean don't desire things, but just to remember that even the things that seem like, I could turn this into a whole HR event. I could have meetings. I could give you my resume. I can tell you what I deserve. Or I could go to the literal King of Kings and say, Father, you know, (laughs) you know. And um, I watched him do it several times for me.
1: And even sometimes when you feel like he's asking you to just wait, You know, we don't always know the reasons, but sometimes when you get on the other side of it, you can look back and you can go, wow, like the Lord really protected me by not answering that particular desire right then.
2: Yes. And He gives you so much more. You learn so much about Him and about yourself while you're forced to wait.
0: So among all the things that you do and all Mm -hmm. the wisdom that you have, how do you take time to fill your own cup? Uh, per se. So what practices and activities or hobbies do you have that give you life amidst all of your hats that you're wearing?
2: That I wear. One of the things I have found about myself is uh, people don't believe this, but I'm actually an introvert. So I am actually refreshed by time alone. And that seems like a crazy move to make when you have four kids, like <laughs> then you did not set yourself up to have time alone. <laughs> um, but I get up early enough have 30 40 minutes just by myself just a cup of coffee my favorite robe and literally it's the same routine i make coffee i have a robe i sit by myself and in that 40 minutes it's i'm praying i'm reading um i'm just not filling my mind with anything with the cares of the world at all um, but it's just a recharge for me and i so that for me is one thing if i don't have it i can feel it and if i don't have it consistently i really begin to feel it um but then I'm just creative so I like to do things with my hands so I am known for deciding one day that I don't like the way the living room looks and <laughs> it's all redone <laughs> so I love to re remake my home all the time and then I love documentaries so I love to read so
1: those are great things yeah I, 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 can, I was gonna say I kind of have I think we all kind of I love my routine and even when I'm kind of somewhere else and i don't have Mm -hmm. that first cup of coffee or i don't get to have the 30 40 minutes it it kind of leaves you wanting that doesn't it you have that desire yeah
2: Yeah. yes and i think about it all day like i'm missing a moment
0: yeah (laughs) yeah i feel like it throws my whole day off and yeah, yeah like i can't function
2: do you know it's funny my oldest daughter when she was about a year old i realized that she wouldn't have a good day if she didn't sit on my lap for 30 minutes Wow! and it was so crazy so every morning we would get up and she would just sit with me and then we knew we would have a good day
1: i love that i've (laughs) even heard like like if you're like kind of angry or maybe you're really stressed out that you should Mm -hmm. ask yourself kind of those practices like like did you do this like did you exercise did you drink enough water did you eat breakfast like and sometimes (laughs) Those are the things that we have to be reminded that those practices build kind of um, a rhythm in your life, and it can lead to like less stress. I think. I agree. I'm a proponent. Yeah. Well, what encouragement would you have for some other women who, who maybe they want a desire to honor God in their work, and whether they work in a Christian environment or maybe a secular one, because we have a lot of women who you know, they're, they're just, they're doing the job that God has placed in front of them. This is not mm-hmm. all ministry, but what they're doing is ministry. So how do you mm-hmm. encourage those women? I know that you do the podcast with Courtney Moore on women and work. So what are mm-hmm. some things that you encourage women in their work, how they honor the Lord?
2: I think making, honoring the Lord actually your first priority and that's honoring the Lord with your speech and with your behavior and with your thought life and spending that time before you walk into work with him and actually spending time in prayer. I think the things that make us actually godly women really will translate into, way, translate into the ways in which we are a great employee. Um, and then I think to really see yourself as a part of something and not just climbing a ladder. I do think that that's part of why we often leave our jobs feeling empty so we don't see ourselves as doing work, whether it's secular or ministry, as doing something to build something. I've always been motivated by this equals something better. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Me coming in here, I mean, I was working at a flower shop for a long time and I went to work every day feeling like I'm going to make this job mean something today. So whether it was delivering the flowers and Knowing that someone felt better because of it, you know what I'm saying. So I just always finding ways to make my job valuable and meaningful to the kingdom.
0: I love that, and I love that you had a job at a flower shop. I
1: feel like that's oh, such a I fun job. It. I loved it. I yeah. loved it. loved it.
0: And you probably did make a lot
1: of people's day. Yes. I mean, who doesn't yes. want to like see someone on the other side of the drawer with flowers? You know. Yes.
2: Yes, I loved it. Prior but, to that, I was like, a baker and a cake decorator,
1: so I got oh, to make wow. custom cakes. So that makes people say, too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Missy, these are things
0: I did not know about you. Oh, yes. Yeah, so much fun. I feel like those are careers that I, at one point, dreamed of um, in my life. But, yeah, I definitely have worked in jobs where it was a at a secular organization or whatever where I wasn't feeling as much that, like, team. And I think that is important. And there, I've also worked in jobs in a secular environment. Environment where I did feel like this is mm-hmm. for a purpose, even mm-hmm. if it's not necessarily like the work that I was doing was not building the kingdom of God. It was still for a purpose that like mm-hmm. pointed to Him and I could point to Him in the way that I did my work. And mm-hmm. so I do feel like that is definitely important and anybody can take that no matter what kind of work they do um, and do that. So we, we're we grateful for that, for your podcast yeah. and for Women in Work and, and the work that y'all do okay. to help people know um, how to have a purpose in their job and and what the purpose of work is. And so we love that. Um, one of the things that we always ask on our podcast, and so we mm-hmm. want to end with this, is what is something that has marked you in your walk with Christ?
2: The belief that he is with me. I, I became a Christian when I was five, and I'm from the <laughs> um, Philadelphia, the inner city, from a depressed community. Um, but I just can distinctly remember I've always believed that He is with me. And so there was a safety and a comfort um, in that. And it's just always followed me. And even when things didn't make sense, when I, things felt off or wrong, I just never lost sight of the fact that He is with me.
1: I love that too. And, mm-hmm. and I think our listeners... You know, somebody might be out there struggling with not knowing that God is with them, that His presence is yes. there. And so we really do appreciate that. You just, that's a, such a great reminder, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I don't know that we can be reminded of that enough. Mm-hmm. And it's something, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I love seeing the traces of it throughout Scripture. Um, just like highlight. One of the things I'm doing as I read through Scripture this year is just kind of highlighting or pointing out all the places where it says God is with you or God was with Abraham or whatever yes. the, the word with and yeah. together. And it is just all throughout scripture. And it's such a, a beautiful promise that we have a God who is with us in the beautiful moments and in the messy moments and everything in between. Um, He's with us.
1: Elizabeth, I can see a book coming out of that. Like, I think you should yeah. maybe write something about width, you know? Okay. Just that, I think, so That'll keep that in the
0: back of your mind. So. All right. Let's go ahead and copyright that let's right that here right on the podcast. Get,
1: get the URL, like, all, that, all the stuff that you need to do. Well, Missy, you this know, has been I'm so fun talking to you. And I'm excited because you're going to be at women's, um, the Women's Leadership Forum in November with us as well, too. I'm so excited. Yes.
2: It looks like Well, it was great. It's always great. So
1: it looks like it's going to be great again. Yes, yes. Well, we can't wait to have you there. And we just are so grateful for the work that you do at Southeastern. We, we love our seminaries and the partnerships that we get to have there. And thank you for Absolutely. investing in young women. That's so, so important. And we're just, um, we just want to continue to pray for the work that God is doing there and, and how He's using you. Absolutely. So thank you so much, Missy. Thank you so much, ladies. This was such a great time. Yeah. Well, listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, Elizabeth and I will be back next week. So join us then. much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D King and at Ed Heineman.
0: Use the hashtag marked podcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifeWayWomen.comslash slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time.